BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. For many years, the SAT was explained and advertised as being an aptitude test, a very prominent predictive feature of getting a high test score is family income. The College Board has admitted, and the ACT have admitted this for years. This is not a secret that's being divulged. If I were appointed czar of American college admissions, I would abolish standardized testing. It would mean that all of these wealthy test prep companies would have to find something else to do. Hi, I'm George Chen, and you're listening to SupDoc, a show where we discuss and dissect documentaries chosen by our guests from the worlds of comedy, film, TV, and more. And today we are covering the Operation Varsity Blues, the college admissions scandal. This is on Netflix, and it was put out just recently. Over 50 people faced criminal charges in 2019 for involvement in this conspiracy. Mastermind Rick Singer funneled money from wealthy families to bribe coaches and admission officers at major universities throughout America. And some of the people indicted included the actors Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin. That's probably what most of you know about this. This is the first documentary to tackle the story head on, and it's made by one of our favorite documentary directors, Chris Smith. And joining us to discuss the film today is comedian and writer Aviva Siegel. Her comedy has been featured in SF Sketchfest, the All Jane Comedy Festival, the Asheville Comedy Festival, and Out of Bounds Comedy Festival. She also writes for The Hard Times, Reductress, and co-runs the Zoom show Talkies with me. Uh, welcome to Doc Aviva. Hello. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. I, I should also mention that you started the podcast. You have a new podcast that you just started. That's true. It's Ad Wizard, the Ad Wizards podcast. It's about commercials. And what, did you do your interview with the Noid yet? Or is that like a, I to talk, be revealed? I, I did that today. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think everyone remembers the Noid, hopefully. The claymation dude. Little red I guy. I hope so. He was wondering if people remember the Noid. He's like, do your friends like know? He's like, sometimes I bring up the Noid and people have no idea what I'm talking about. But I think if if you're like 30 to 50 years old, you probably know about the Noid. Yeah, yeah. The Gen Z doesn't get the Noid. No no Gen Z. No. What? We don't need to get... uh, This is like the... We talk about generations. Happy to talk about the Noid. No, we talk about generations all the time, <laughs> like on this show. It's just an annoying thing we talk about what generation we are constantly. Um, I know. So this film, uh, we were talking about it the other day randomly. I'm like, oh, you have to just come and talk about this because, A, I couldn't get Paco to watch it because it's like not necessarily <laughs> something I recommend to most people. Yeah. Um, I did not... It was such a disorienting experience the first time I watched this that I was like, I don't know whether I can recommend this to anyone. And also, I don't know what the – I feel like the point was missing somehow. Like, it felt very scattered. Uh, what right. was your take on on, on your first uh, attempt to watch this film? Um, I walked into it, first of all, only kind of knowing the – uh, you know, what most people know about that scandal, which is that Lori Laughlin – And Felicity Huffman went to jail. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't, you know, know the details about the other, like, 48 people who were charged. Um, But, yeah, I walked into it with kind of not very much knowledge of the scandal and not much knowledge of the documentary. So I was kind of, like, shocked to see the reenactment element. I was like, oh, I'm I'm pretty sure that's Matthew Modine. And then I was like, (laughs) okay, it's like... Matthew Modine, pretty sure. It, I'm like, okay, it's a bowl cut. Got the the bowl cut was distracting for a while. Mm-hmm, I was like, okay, mm-hmm, I guess mm-hmm. that's what um, Rick Singer looks like. And then I looked up a picture of Rick Singer, and I was like, he doesn't really have that haircut. But I guess that's a choice they made in the documentary. Um, 
I feel like uh took a while for them to kind of get to the meat of the scandal in the documentary, but I thought um it was interesting. You know, I think like people hear about the scandal not knowing the I didn't really understand the details of how it worked with the sports recruitment stuff and photoshopping uh photos of the students and all that um in order to get in because I think people when I've talked to them about the scandal, they're just like, yeah, no shit. People like pay off people to get their kids into college. So like who wouldn't assume that? Mm-hmm. that um, I was but, surprised yeah. by the range of like, yeah, like it does seem like kind of like uh, it's like also there are a bunch of private schools. There were some public schools mixed in there. So at first I was like, ah, eh, who cares about like, you know, it's already a racket. A private school is already a racket. But then there was like UCLA and Berkeley were involved. And uh, sure. a couple of schools like that, yeah. Yeah, that that was interesting. Um, the uh, the photoshopping was probably the funniest <laughs> part of it to me. And that was just the the the, the credits basically had the photoshopping in it. Yeah, it I very know. Early on. <laughs> I uh, more there should know, have been more fo- photoshopping. That's the thing that was missing. I would have been more. I would have loved to see more of the photoshopped photos, and um, yeah, I would have loved to see that. I would have loved that gig. I would have loved to photoshop <laughs> those photos. I think that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, I um, love the great the adjusting the gradient on a, a teenage torso. Like yeah, like he should oh be God. more submerged in the water. Uh, I know that was insane. Um, yeah, I mean, I when I was watching it, I found myself. It seemed like some parents told their kids what was going on. Some kids had no idea what was going on, and I found myself feeling really bad for the kids who had no idea what was going on because they are just living their lives like I got this great score on the SATs. I got into my like top choice college. I'm so smart and capable. I can Mm -hmm. do no wrong. And then they find out, oh, not only am I not as smart as I thought I was, but my parents don't even believe in me. Yeah. Yeah. That was also like how Frank some of the parents are. Those are some great lines. Like when the mom's like, so her sister's smarter than her and she'll she would have figured it out. But with her, you know, she really needs this push. It's like so people are so like when they don't think anyone's recording them. Why would you assume anyone's recording you also? You're just I'm just committing a crime. Why would I assume someone's recording me? Um, Oh, man, Uh, I I was just baffled at like the FBI deciding that this is what they were going to take on. Uh, I guess it was just (laughs) like a lot of (laughs) loose money lying around. It's like it's more like the uh, the there's definitely like bribing a private institution, I guess, is bad. (laughs) Do I think we can agree that's bad? But it also seems like. What, how many resources went into this whole sting operation? And it's like, in the end, it's like people doing some jail time. It should, it should have just been, if it was a financial crime, it should have just been fines, right? Like, I feel like what I know, did, I don't know if it did any good to put not, I'm not trying to say like that I, I have a lot of sympathy for these white collar parents, you know, like going to jail for like two weeks, oh, boohoo, like pretty nice jail. But at the I same know. time, it's like, was that useful to society at all in the end? Right. It just felt like one of those things, like they are setting an example, I guess, by putting these people in jail. Like, but I didn't like seeing Felicity Huffman go to jail. I was like, <laughs> I've seen her on TV. I don't want to see her in jail. I want to. It feels weirdly like, how come William H. Macy got off scot free in this whole thing? Like, <laughs> it's like, blame the woman again. Like, oh, the mom clearly pushed the, the kid into that. Yeah. That's something I was also wondering about because he was, I mean, clearly, you know, I saw a lot of footage of him showing up with her to court, holding her hand. I'm like, okay, he's supporting his wife. I guess, like, she, I'm like, are we to, like, assume that she just went behind his back and did this? Like, because, or I guess they, he just must have had zero involvement in it because both Lori Laughlin and Massimo, uh, 
something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Massimo. What's his last name? Well, I just know he's Massimo. Is Massimo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that's a clothing he's brand, Massimo. right? Massimo. Yeah. It's a, a massive Massimo. clothing brand. I mean, because I. It's a massive clothing. <laughs> Sorry. It's a. <laughs> yes, it it's is. A well, because I didn't. I would look at. Because I, you know, I heard Lori Laughlin when I heard she was involved in the scandal and that she'd, you know, um, spent this amount of money. I was like, oh, I guess she must have made some money off like Full House residuals or whatever. <laughs> no, but then I was like, oh, oh, oh no, her, her <laughs> husband is Massimo of the Target Massimo, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not, uh, yeah, like William H. Macy's, like, it's not uh, uh, like, you know, is it, it he's done a lot but you know it's not fargo money yeah getting your kid in school maybe it is um yeah it was it was yeah like there was when I, I saw the other people that were not as famous but were just richer like was it someone said the hot pockets one was someone from hot pockets <laughs> yeah, involved? The hot po- like the hot, hot pockets, pockets lady went to jail she went to jail <laughs> oh man i so I, I was also thinking about this. I'm like, I just saw. Did you watch uh, Judas and the Black Messiah? No, you, you know the film. It's like about yeah. the FBI, COINTELPRO, like going after Fred Hampton. And it's like, oh, uh, like this is the same FBI, right? Like they go after like Fred Hampton <laughs> and Felicity Huffman. I'm like, there's a very broad net of things. I'm like, there's too much going on in the FBI, and also just being like, like I just watch this film where the FBI is a villain. And the collaborator is this like central character. And then now I'm watching this other film reenactment where the FBI is sort of the hero. And then like the main, I'm like, I'm like, this is like the departed. He's like the whitey bulger of college admissions. <laughs> He's like yeah. getting like, oh, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll rat everyone else out. And then he hasn't done any jail time yet. And he's like clearly the center of the entire thing. The Rick Singer, uh, or, or also a, a small pet peeve. He's known as William Rick Singer. I'm like, uh, Rick is short for Richard. Uh, Bill is short for William. So pick one. Like, like why, why are you going, why are you mixing and matching Rick Singer? That's all I want to know. Good note. Good note. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, even though I guess he was doing the right thing when he was ratting, when he was, uh, <laughs> you know, wired and exposing people working for the FBI. I was like, you spineless little rat. How dare you? Yeah, like, he he's, like, the worst. He's definitely, like, the worst offender. And like, as much as I don't have a lot of sympathy for uh, other people that are implicated in most of this, clearly, no. like, none of this would have happened without this main guy who the FBI is just like, sure, just give me as many people as possible. Let's get everyone to do like several months in jail instead of like, I don't know, creating a college or like paying for public education to be free. Like, wouldn't that be like a better solution? Let's have like an egalitarian education system. Like for I know. as much money has been dumped into this stupid process. Ugh. I know. And also the lengths these people are going to get their kids into like a decent college. I'm like, I don't Jeez. know if you can relate to the because you know then there are all the videos in the documentary of kids like awaiting their college acceptance or rejection mm-hmm. emails and they're like in tears i did not personally have that experience i was like very lax about <laughs> the college admit i mean i went to the evergreen state college with it which is a college with no grades um <laughs> yes what was everyone, that process was, like what is the admission <laughs> process at ever I'm like if like, someone bribed someone to get into evergreen that would be amazing <laughs> like who do you bribe to get into Evergreen? like well uh i just bought uh the back catalog of k records can i get into evergreen now oh yeah yeah you just put a quarter into a tree stump <laughs> and you get in um i've dropped no, a penny I, everyone, in the well <laughs> yeah i think everyone gets in and if you don't get in i i mean Look, god, you could have you could have applied you. To, you could have applied to teach there at 18 probably totally totally <laughs> i mean i loved evergreen but i did not have an experience where the admissions process was like um life or death for me what did you uh do any sat prep i think i maybe met with someone once uh but again like 
my parents did not put academic pressure on me and I did not, I was someone who got like decent grades and, but I never felt like a huge sense of pressure. Definitely not from my parents. I always like finished my homework, but I never, they never were like, you need to get into a good school and you need to like, they had no idea what I was doing or what classes I was taking or anything. I mean, I could I could have done badly if I wanted to, and they would have been fine with that. But um, yeah, no pressure from my parents whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, like like with yeah, like the amount of uh, of uh, uh, well, you you have is did your older sister is it older sister or younger sister? Your older sister, older. Did she go to a fancy school? She went to a private school because she just happened to get there. Like, I, you know, they had enough money to send, like, one kid to private school. Mm. And then when I came around, they were like, <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> She'll end up then, being a comedian. It, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. But, you know, she went to this school, Harvard-Westlake in L.A., which is, like, a pretty prestigious private school. I mean, I don't want to, I'm not bad-mouthing my sister. She did not get good grades there. She maybe had like a two-point-something GPA. So you guys bet on the wrong horse if you're, I'm just saying, you should have <laughs> should have put your bucks well, behind lost, this one. We've and lost then, one listener, yes. <laughs> oh, God, I hope she doesn't listen to this. Um, no, no, she probably she doesn't. Think it was Based funny. on our numbers, she does not, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, she did go to a private school where I think, kids felt a lot of academic pressure and i think like kids were like committing suicide over the pressure they felt from like yeah. going to harvard westlake oh man but, yeah like yeah yeah i uh i uh i i'm trying to think like i don't think anyone committed suicide at my high school but i did go to like a college preparatory catholic school uh is run by jesuits but i i you know, so there was obviously like some built-in pressure already at that point. Like I'm like, it's called a college preparatory school. Everyone better get into a college. That's kind of the whole point, and it's expensive. Um, and also, I wasn't Catholic, so there was a lot of extra stuff that I didn't need. I'm like, oh, if you just want the college, don't send me here. Uh, um, yeah, I did do Princeton Review. I remember that was a thing. Like a lot of people around me. We're like, well, you got to do Princeton Review. Everyone's everyone was doing the Princeton Review, and it was like, um, it really was just like, kind of just teaching you the best tactics for like guessing at multiple choice, because a lot of the SAT was multiple choice, and it was like, okay, this is just like, let's just try logic of like eliminating things in a multiple choice option. There was a little bit of like actual studying, but a lot of it was just like, okay, just go with your gut on these things, and I think like that. Great. That's like, there's so many of these companies. I forgot about these companies. It's been so long since I've done this that I'm like, I forgot about like Kaplan and all these other companies that existed that I guess still exist that I guess Rick Singer started semi-legitimately in Sacramento. When I think about the fact that he started in Sacramento, it's like, are these all like children of like state officials? <laughs> Is that part of hmm. it? Maybe like the, the, he's got a taste for the power. Uh, but also he started as like a basketball cho- basketball coach. So like right. his whole angle in was like on uh, what he knew what colleges needed for like recruiting people. Um, Matthew Modine, what did you think of his performance as Rick Singer? I thought it was fine. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's that much. It doesn't take much to be a Rick Singer in terms of acting performance. Just like slap on some basketball shorts and get on the phone, I guess, and like mm-hmm. talk get to the Massimo. Or, yeah, yeah. Get the weird bowl cut or wait, what did you call it? Oh, just just the haircut. Yeah, the Caesar. Oh, I the haircut. A, yeah, yeah. It's called the. I think <laughs> yeah. I've heard it called the Caesar. Yeah. Oh, the ham. Do you say Hamlet? Oh, the Caesar? You said Caesar. You said Caesar. <laughs> the Hamlet. It is uh, also Hamlet. I think Hamlet has had that haircut too, yeah. I think so. I mean, yeah, it doesn't... There's not a whole lot of, like, emotional range with Rick Singer, so I feel like Matthew Modine had a pretty easy job. Um, yeah, a lot of it was on the phone. Uh, and sometimes... I think he ate a bowl of soup once in a cafe. I think he did a good job doing that. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, oh, Matthew Modine, known for his eating acting, but just like uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, no, I thought, like, at first I was thinking, did they shoot this during COVID and that's why it's all phone calls? Because I'm like, oh, well, then that mm. gives you an opportunity to do a lot of these single shots where you don't have a lot of actors in the same room. But I don't think that's actually what happened. Uh, it seems like they were working on this in 2019 because uh, there are, like, group shots. Um, yeah, a lot of the acting, I felt like, ha- lacked much of anything. And it was like they were really sticking to very literal, like, transcripts, and that had to be part of it. They didn't have tapes to recreate from, so they were just, like, turning it into a weird play. And, like, that felt a little, like, off to me. Um, At the same time, it's, like, such a challenging, like, just amount of people and concepts to try to throw together in 90 minutes. So I, I, I was more harsh on it the first time I watched it then the second time I'm like, well, shit, if you gave me this assignment, I have no idea how I would conceptualize this. This it's it gives it a through line and it gives it something to kind of latch onto. But I was just watching the scene again where like Matthew Modine is like talking to the Yale uh running <laughs> coach and he's just like, Yeah, ah, I don't I'm I'm lost in London. I don't know where <laughs> I gotta go to a roundabout. And he's just like, Yeah, man. You should get some Swedish girl. I'm just like, what? What is happening right now? Why? And that was just a segue into uh, uh, introducing another character. But um, yeah, it yeah. was like so, such so, such weird choices. Such a weird choice for a guy who I like. I generally like his films. Like Chris Smith made American Movie. He made Home Movie, which we also loved. Uh, he made this is close to like the Fire Festival. It feels like. Um, yeah, Chris Smith kind of just was like, you get the you get the scammer beat. You're on the scammer beat for a while. Yeah, I mean, this is I would never guess that the guy who made American movie made this documentary because that's like one of the best documentaries I've, I've ever seen. Probably. Yeah. And this. It, yeah. Yeah. Maybe because it's like this is about rich people and they're yeah. boring. Like that's maybe part of the problem. Like the most interesting character we never really get to know very well is the guy who pretends who wants to be rich and then a bunch of other people that are already that are already rich um, <laughs> uh oh speaking of people that are already rich um i think we were talking about a clip of Lori Laughlin and Mossimo's daughter uh mm. Olivia Jade uh who i didn't know anything about before any of this did you know about Olivia Jade before this no, uh, no, I didn't know about her. She looks exactly like her mom. Oh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's ju- just like her mom. I did not know about her. Now I have like kind of um, scoured her TikTok and her lifestyle videos on YouTube, um, which is I don't know if you've seen any of those. But like if you go on TikTok and go to Olivia Jade's account, they're like all the comments are like, Oh, like, how's the rowing team going? Like, oh, like, you know, uh, it's it's all about rowing and it's all about USC. And it's like, it's people talking about that. And then occasionally someone's like, leave her alone. Like, blah, blah, blah. But it's mostly like, how's rowing? Love rowing. Love what you've done with rowing. I love your coxswain work, which I I, I always thought was coxswain. That's how little I know about rowing. Um, Let's play a clip (laughs) of Olivia Jade. like to curl my fake lash with my real lashes. Olivia Jade is an extremely successful YouTube influencer, and she had millions of followers watch these videos where she would, you know, get up, brush her teeth, do her morning makeup routine, pick out outfits. So it's this very diary-like thing, but with the added benefit of uh, branding opportunities. I created my own collection with Princess Polly. I get to reveal and announce my highlight palette with Sephora collection. She's the child of the actress Lori Loughlin and the fashion designer Massimo Giannulli. They supposedly had both of their daughters, Olivia Jade and Bella, pose on a rowing machine and sent these pictures to Rick Singer and had them accepted into USC as coxswains. 
I actually went to high school with Olivia Jade and I know the school she was at. I saw a picture of Olivia Jade's sister on the wall with the seniors and it was like, congratulations for getting into USC. And then I remember hearing later that Olivia had also gotten into USC. And I was like, whoa, because USC is extremely hard to get into. So not only one sister, but both of them. Off to school. I won't. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. All right. Uh, what? It was weird that they only really two people they could get to do actual interviews that were involved in any of this stuff. Uh, firstly, there was Patricia Logan, who you know was very, very minimally involved in any of this. She just kind of like unfortunately met uh, Rick Singer on a dating app. Uh, I don't know, maybe a Bumble or something, and then uh, met probably OK Cupid based on the timing of this, uh, and then met. Then we met John Vandermore, who chose to do an interview. And I love that in his interview, he's basically just like, yeah, no, there's people higher up than me at Stanford that are in this. Yeah. Go after them. And I'm just like this nice family man. And uh, to be fair, he did not personally benefit at all from any of this. Like, I know. I, I found myself feeling bad for him. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because it's like he didn't enrich himself. He, it, the money was going to his sailing program, which was sustaining his salary. Uh, I don't know. I don't associate Palo Alto with sailing. I don't know if most people do, but um, but yeah, it seemed like he he would have been better off just staying on the East Coast, being like a a, a private sailing instructor than just. Ending up when you end up in a Netflix doc when you're like in a hotel room or whatever, and just they do the thing, the documentary move now where they like have you sitting down and be like, okay, is this working? Is everything like? Then people don't right. trust you immediately. That's like the new trip, which I kind of do love. Like for all the talking head footage in here, that that that's you know they worked in everything. They have reenactments. They got the talking head. No animations. So uh, very few drone shots. Mm. Very few animations. A lot of YouTube footage. Um, yes. Yeah. John, I felt bad for, but also, like, if you were John, would you talk to this film crew? Let me think. Because he was char- he was charged, right? He was, like, the first. He was, like, he's the one that kind of, like, was charged while the story was breaking or something. Like, he, was, he like, went in to, to get his hearing. Like, he was, like, one of the first people in there. And he got yeah, off could- with, like... Mm-hmm. Basically house arrest, I think. Yeah. Okay. It could be a situation where, like, he wanted to, like, clear his name in case maybe he couldn't find work or something after the scandal. And he wanted to, like, clear his name and be like, listen, these are my intentions. And, like, our department was underfunded. And I, like, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. really want to help these rich kids so much as, like, fund my salary and my department, which is, like... I don't think there's, I mean, he shouldn't have done it, but it's not like, it's not like he was getting paid 
20 grand a month like that one lady at USC, right. I guess. Or like yeah. making a commission on the ones that get in or anything like that. Right, right. And he does like basically imply that he was like kind of shit on by the athletic director. And then so he's just like, <laughs> yeah, also this guy knew Rick Singer. He said he knew Rick Singer. Talk to him. That's basically his approach, um, which I think is fair. Um, I think that's the only reason to go in front of a documentary film crew is you want to throw someone else under the bus. That's basically the best rationale to do it. Definitely. Um, yes, 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 yes. Did you did you watch the Fire Festival documentary? I watched both Fire Festival documentaries. As did I. As did I. I <laughs> there is something me. There is like. There is something meteor about the hubris of Billy McFarland because it was like that kind of like cocaine like, yeah, we're just going to like, we're going to just, everyone, then everyone will come and then we'll just like watch the, the card, the house of cards tumble together and I'll just like walk away. Uh, whereas this is like, it was like methodical and just like boring white collar crime uh, on some level. The fact that like, you know, the only celebrities, we named the two celebrities involved, you know, in the very beginning of this. And it's like, then there's a bunch of people you haven't heard of. There was like uh, the Hot Pockets lady, you know, and some other like, you know, some some East Coast, you know, people that like ended up doing jail time. Um, I don't know. I know. Yeah, they're. Yeah, if we're comparing Rick Singer with Billy McFarlane, it's like, well, with Rick Singer, he's like exploiting. I guess not really exploiting rich people, kind of exploiting yeah, rich people, sort and of. also, yeah. and also, I guess you know, or at least he's figured out this business model where he's making bank off rich people and private, sometimes public universities. Which, like, I don't really feel as bad about. I mean, Fire Festival, the situation is funnier. <laughs> what happened there? Right. It's also. There's all these weird specific details, like the pigs on the beach and Mm -hmm. the weird, you know, but I I did, I think I felt, I did feel bad for the people who got screwed over at Fire Festival, Um, even though I'm sure a lot of those were wealthy young people who were able to like pay their way to get to the festival. I felt bad when they were, you know, (laughs) sleeping in shit, those shitty tents and got like a weird dry sandwich. I guess I felt bad for them. Um, but mostly I don't feel that bad for any of these people. I, I suppose I felt bad for the guy who did, did he suck dick for water? What happened? (laughs) No, no. He ended up not actually doing it, but he was, he was prepared to that. That was like, I felt bad for that guy. Yeah. There was like, that was a big meme. I I feel like there's not a lot of memeable moments out of this film. Uh, no. Yeah. No, there's one. Going back to Olivia Jade, this is just going through her social media, which is, again, like, everyone hates on it now. There's one video I came across where she's, like, moving into USC with, and I don't know if you know David Dobrik. Oh, yes. I'm very familiar with the recent David Dobrik things, yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, her and him, and they're, like, moving her into her USC dorm, and I was just like, hmm, this is, uh, to not not age well. No, no, of all the things that have not aged well, yeah. Yeah, and she's so excited to go to college, and I mean, I I felt bad for her. I think she knew what, I mean, I think she knew what was happening, because she took that rowing picture. Yeah, for sure. So she must have known. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, we got a rowing machine, honey. You want to do some row? We're going to snap some shots of you rowing. It's, yeah. She, she, but she also didn't give a shit about going to college, right? Like she didn't like school right. at all. That was the other thing that was like so obnoxious about it. It's just like, I don't even yeah, want to go to school. I fucking hate school. So I know. She's like, uh, school sucks. And I want to like drop out of high school to work on my like makeup palette. But she should have like, done that. That's what she should have done. Just because that's what I was yeah. thinking. I was like, I guess, I mean, I liked college and I enjoyed like learning and going to those classes. And like, if I was the daughter of a really wealthy person, I would like to, even if I didn't have to, I think I would still want the college experience. I mean, I don't know. I I think I would, but like, 
her spiel about when she was like, oh, I hate school, but also I'm like so lucky to be getting this education. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you say that, but I don't, I don't think you give a shit. I don't, I don't really, you know. If I had it to do over again, I've thought about this clearly. I think about a lot of like, you know, my past and like roads not taken. I'm like, should have just gone to art school. I think it would have made a lot more sense. I think that would have been a better mm. fit. Uh, it's what did you expensive. study in school? Oh, what didn't I study in school? Uh, I, I oh, kind of shit. did like something called American studies, which was make what up your the? own major. Yeah, make up your own thing, basically. American studies. Yeah, man, it's interesting. It was one of the early. Uh, just do it. Do what you do what you like, and I just did what I liked. Uh, but, I mean, that's that's every yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, like like I when I hear about thing people that I know that went to certain art schools, I'm like, yeah, it's probably would have I would have had more come out of of that probably if I. But I'm never gonna I'm never gonna go to grad school. I'm not. I'm just I'm just done. I'm not gonna do this stuff. Anymore. Have you thought about it? I, I there was a point where I thought about it. There was a point where I was like, maybe I should be a teacher, and then hmm. I did a little bit of work in schools. And I was like, I don't think I want to be a teacher. Like it's kids are, I get along with them when I'm not responsible or, you know, an authority figure. I don't really want to be an authority figure. Um, so yeah, I kind of like bounced on that. I'm like, well, I'll just be in noise bands for like way too long um, and work in music. Yeah. Yeah. If money was no object, I would go back to school just because I, I like being in I mean, I liked being in school once I was in college because I did go to a school where you kind of invent your major and you, it's like all interdisciplinary learning where you are enrolled in like a program and then all your classes relate to each other and are like this all scheduled with each other. So it's not like um, you're taking this math class and this like art class and they have nothing to do with each other, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but. Uh, so you would go back to no Evergreen, object, basically. Money no. is no object if you wanted to go back to Evergreen, right? No. Is there a grad program? Ever- that you- they have like a couple grad. I would yeah. not go back to Evergreen um, because their only grad programs are for like. It's for what, like public administration and like masters in teaching and oh yeah, yeah not things it's that like I'm state pers- capital yeah right right mm-hmm. yeah I mean I would have loved to just go to art school as well it sounds fun but a lot of those schools are very expensive if money was no object either just infinite more school or getting paid to post on social media several times a day that sounds like a torture actually I would rather do the school than do the posting. Cause it's like, ugh. I'd rather do the school. Yeah. The, when I see like, did you watch fake famous? That's the thing on HBO about influencers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not great. But, um, it just, was like, wow, it's actually kind of a lot of hard work for something that means nothing. So. I know yeah. even like posting about, you know, comedy shows or like our podcast, I'm like, it's like I make like th- four posts a week. I'm like, ugh, so much work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like not really. <laughs> I feel like uh, I don't. Yeah, that's something I also don't like about um, doing comedy is kind of being forced to like self promote and be on social media because it's not it's not ideal. Did you uh, see that uh, paste article on hustle culture in comedy? I did. Yeah, I. Uh, Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many people, probably half the people that listen to this will have read that article. Um, I, th- I see I see it being referenced, sorry to interrupt, but I see it being referenced several times a day. So I think a lot of people have read it. So most someone's read a paste article. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, there was sort of some valid points to it, I guess. But I, I, I just remember like, uh, it says basically like, you know, not all stage time is quality stage time. I'm like, well, we knew that. Like sometimes <laughs> it's just, it's just like doing it to do it. I'm like, yeah, when you are really figuring it out, you just need to do it to do it. Like, I think the writer, I don't know. Uh, I believe they're a comedian as well. They're sort of. Yeah. I've, I've met her before. She's funny. Yeah. Um, I think it's just like. 
I I think it's like not it's it's a valid take, I guess. But um, yeah, I, you know, like learn. I think there's a lot like sort of learning, right? There's sort of like a about a, about a bit of muscle memory to doing something over and over again, or just comfort. And like that's, I guess, some of education is that uh, in general, like the idea of going to a college to learn a particular skill. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 clearly I didn't do it. Like I didn't really follow through on much of anything. Uh, I wasn't like really good at rote memorization of anything. Um, so now I just kind of extemporaneously talk and put on the internet. That's what this show is. Um, <laughs> uh, I did take some film class. I got, will say like, I took some film classes. I actually did take a documentary okay. class and I'm like, that probably was like the beginning of me like being interested in documentary i did think maybe at some point uh, maybe i would make a documentary film like i did a short documentary film in college um but you know it was like a collaborative thing and i was just kind of like ended up just being like oh i'm just gonna kind of edit and stuff but um i made a documentary in college too oh yeah uh what was your topic uh comedy (laughs) is that up anywhere you you keep it pretty pretty private it is it is up. It's on Vimeo. Me oh, okay. and this guy Garrett, who we were in like a film program together, we, um, it was sort of like supposed to be like a little meta documentary about uh, us making a documentary about mm. uh, comedy. And so we interviewed like this comedy duo from Seattle. No, like big, oh yeah, comedy duo from Seattle, comedy duo from Portland. Uh, like a family friend who was actually on Last Comic Standing and her shtick was like being like a stripper comedian. Because she was a stripper who then started comedy. Mm. And then it was also kind of about, it was about us like doing a bad job making the documentary and us like also smoking too much weed or something. (laughs) And also like me not knowing what I wanted to do and then he wanted to be a director and then it like ended with us like putting on a comedy night and at my house in Olympia. Oh, um, yeah. But I'm not ashamed of it. I mean, it's like not something. I thought it was like a cute, cute little thing we did. Yeah, like the meta, the meta documentary uh, approach. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is when we'll throw to a clip. We'll just throw to a clip. <laughs> And if she's not Harvard material and you really want to go to Harvard, we got to find a different route. We got to take, take a different path here. Here's that path. We're going to have someone take the test for you. What do you mean take the test? This guy for $15,000 is going to take the test. This is absolutely unheard of. To make this happen, I can make scores happen and nobody on the planet can make scores happen. Your kid won't even know it happened. It will happen as though she will think she's really super smart and she got lucky on a test and you got a score now. It's the home run of home runs. And it works? Every time. <laughs> what, is the, what is the number? The number on the testing is 75,000, okay? It's 75,000 to get any scores you want to get on the ACT or SAT. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, 
They'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. So I was thinking about how I'm someone who like I sort of like I like that when there's true crime that isn't super high stakes. And this feels like that to me, right? Like it's not yeah. a life or death. It's no one life or death anywhere in any of this. Like even when they go to prison, they're not going to a life or death prison. Like no one's really, maybe if Rick Singer ends up getting like life in prison, that will be the highest stake. But like then the I, film's not yeah. done. Yeah, the film's not over until that guy, I feel like there's no closure in this film until like Rick Singer does get something. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, after this last year, it's like I've been like talking to people about like, you know, like reading about like prison abolition and stuff. It's like, what's the right punishment for these white collar parents? Like, you know, if like we if we get rid of prisons, how are we going to punish these people <laughs> for what they've done? I, I know. I mean, make a documentary. I, I feel like that is the answer is they each get a documentary made about them, about the terrible thing they did. <laughs> I mean, their reputations are, like, forever tarnished, which I feel like is, for them, a big part. Like, I don't know if Felicity Huffman can act in a movie ever again. I don't, I think, I don't know if, I think her career is over. Like, Lori Loughlin, who cares, like, what was she, she was on, like, Fuller House? Like, who cares? Mm -hmm. But her reputation's tarnished forever. Felicity Huffman, William H. Macy, he is in the clear for some reason. (laughs) Um, And... Uh, yeah, I mean, and not only, I know, at least, did you hear that Lori Loughlin and Massimo uh, Gianulli, thanks to thanks, Nick, Nick for putting that <laughs> name in the chat, um, they also got sued by students from Stanford, I think, because oh. they were like, you have delegitimized our, like, the prestige of, like, us going to Stanford. Now, like, people think <laughs> that this is, like, meaningless that we went to Stanford because, like, anyone can get in, oh, apparently, yeah. if you have money. Not not the Elizabeth Holmes uh, Theranos. That didn't bring Stanford down, but Laurie Laughlin did. No, that's a good point. I, I, I do think, like, it's good that we don't know who Felicity Huffman and William H. Macy's kid is. I feel like they, they kind of... Yeah. They might have... Managed to be unscathed because they weren't an influencer. Also, uh, they were not a teenage influencer. Um, it's hard to yeah. feel good. Uh, too sorry about Olivia Jade uh, <laughs> and her good buddy yeah. David Dobrik. Um, and and Olivia Jade's sister, I think, also they paid for her to get in, which. They don't talk about her much, and uh, no. if you see a picture of her, you'll know. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, Sorry. No, no, no. Sister claws come out. Um, she's very. Yeah. I shouldn't have said that. You're like, oh no, she looks um, like John Stamos. No, um, uh, <laughs> to be great, uh, if a woman looked like John Stamos, that'd be great. Um, for them, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, I would say, yeah, like, yeah, I think like the reputational destruction is almost enough. I mean, I, it just seems like it. How how much is society damaged by uh, this whole process, right? Like, it, like if you look at it as a social cost, like, is the FBI helping society? Is it making schools more equitable? Not really. I don't think it ultimately makes schools schooling more equitable. Um, is it a <clears throat> giant waste of resources? Oh, also, love the casting of the FBI agent. Uh, who who is, is that? Uh, I looked, so she's not named as a character, and I, I, I don't even know if it actually was a, uh, it was actually a woman that actually was in there, but the uh, actor who plays the lead FBI agent is Jillian Peterson. Didn't really recognize her from anything, but like, there's really, uh, you know, blue, you know, like uh, light blue button-up shirt, the very severe, like Jane Lynch haircut, just like listening in on the <laughs> dumbest fucking conversations and like just reacting occasionally like what do you, what you're lost in london who gives a shit you know like that's her job for years or more just listening yeah. to every conversation that rick singer has also how they like nail rick singer in a hotel room somewhere that's i, w- I wish i could enjoy that stuff more it was like kind of enjoyable i know it doesn't feel like any justice was achieved at all 
by this film. Uh, Even though like, it's like, yes, we all love when rich people get taken down a peg, but it's not satisfying and it doesn't really like solve the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I, again, yeah, I agree that I feel like the FBI's resources could probably be, you know, better spent than on this, but like, yeah, I also didn't really relate to how outraged people were on the internet that this was happening. And I'm like, okay, well, one, like, duh, this is happening. And two, like, uh, I yeah, it feels like I'm like, okay, 50 people were, like, punished with, like, okay, it's like a dent, I guess. It's like a, the smallest dent. Yeah, of, like, him having worked, he claimed to have worked with, like, 700 different families um and someone in the trailer or in the intro being like do you do you get a two for one deal with twins because uh, uh <laughs> fertility right. um yeah uh i feel <laughs> like yeah that's what's uh, it's very unsatisfying because like the the thing that we all sort of were reacting to probably was just like oh i love that there was a little throw to jared kushner in here like jared kushner's dad obviously <laughs> got him in. he's like he's not a good student this is him as a dorky teenager. Uh, fuck Jared Kushner. Sure. I know. I love I love that. There was like, no, he really had no connection to this case. But they're just like, look at this rich fuck whose daddy paid for him to get into college. I was like, oh, OK. Well, there he is. Yeah. No, I mean, I think like that's like the thing that everyone's looking at, like the nepotism in general and just like how everything is rigged. And like you said, it's kind of a no duh. But um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like some people on the internet love this documentary, and I'm like, I don't know the, hmm. what 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 there is to love about it. Um, it's exposed. It's like it's doing something. It's kind of almost as complicated as like the. It's not as complicated as the Big Short, which is like it did a very good job of trying to take these big concepts and like, but those are concepts that had to do with like not directly with human being individuals whereas this is like here's 50 individuals good luck keeping track of all these people we gave you the guy from uh full metal jacket to try to center it on but um right yeah it's like it's not it means basically like the filmic equivalent of like the wall with the, the three by fives in the string right it's just it's just that um and yeah thankfully did, they didn't make yeah. it 12 like episodes that's the only thing I'd say is has its favor. It's not, it's oh not like, Oh my God. Yeah. I was grateful for that because like, I also, something about, especially like in the last couple of years, there are some documentary series where I'm like, I guess you must've made some kind of deal where you, you know, they, you made some deal where they were like, okay, make six to 12 episodes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they really just stretch out the information in this way where I'm like, this is so dull. I guess this is like how you structure like the telling of the story, but it, it could have been a, a like one and a half to two hour documentary easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We actually like did. The vow. Yeah. yeah. Well, what we learned uh, recently from uh, our interview with the people that made the Heaven's Gate uh, series is like you pitch a certain number of uh, episodes before you know exactly what you're dealing with. So they don't like to, you can't under deliver, but you can over deliver. And I believe people have been over delivering. Cause you must get paid so much more for producing like, you know, 10 hour long episodes than one two hour documentary. It makes sense money wise, but it's not like enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I mean, I think like this does summarize there were like a lot of details i didn't know that i did get from this because like i Me didn't too. Me i didn't too. follow it like so so closely so like i'm like yeah i get that there's something to do with the rowing photoshop and there's something to do with uh lori laughlin and there's something to do with this dude but i didn't like have the triangulation of all those things um it's unsatisfying because again like who does this teach a lesson to only other rich people can't afford to do this, right? That's the only people that are like, well, I'll think twice about about throwing down for my next child. Like, that's the, the only people that are really impacted. Uh, the private school system, I don't really care about. Um, if we wanted to, like, I, I think I don't think it's true. They say in the end, like, sort of like, you know, just go to a community college. It's fine. 
like you can transfer out of a community college if you want. And I, but I do think there's like something about this Ivy League mentality of like, you know, what even if you don't know what you're doing, you can stumble into prosperity just by rubbing shoulders with other children of elites. And that's I think annoyingly yeah. true. It's so true. It's very annoyingly true. Um, and I'm, sh- you know, it, it's, yeah, it's interesting about the community college transferring to another college thing, because I'm sure there are certain like rich families where, like you're not going to go to community college, you're going to go straight to some, you know, either a UCLA or an Ivy League school. But I remember coming out of my high school, a lot of people would go to Santa Monica College or like a community college, but like specifically Santa Monica College because I was on the west side. But you would you would have a much higher likelihood of getting into like a UCLA transferring from community college than you would applying straight from high school. And then you save money from two years of college and you have like a degree from UCLA. It's like it's a much better idea. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it makes more sense. I wish more people kind of knew about that as an option because part of it is just like I think – in any undergrad situation, it's sort of like you, it just depends on how motivated you are. A lot of these people just are not going to be motivated because they have nothing to gain or lose. Like they're going to be fine no matter what. Um, and so spending a little time in that community college, the trenches, and if you do pretty well, and you might do well if you take it more seriously than other people, then you're just setting yourself up for actual the hard work of you know a uc school so um that could be another documentary that we talk about just like our theories about how to get into uh a transfer to another school but um i yeah like it's just like the system is rigged uh we need something like you know publicly funded education that is great yeah. for everyone and but you know this goes this has got to go all the way back to just, you know, the entire like preschool system and like the school, the prison pipeline and all this other stuff that we did not get into. It is just kind of like, hey, watch some rich people uh, get put in handcuffs. And it's like, I guess, you know, abolish the all cops are bastards, abolish the prisons, but, you know, punish these people a little bit, you know, like that's that's we can all agree that that's uh, fine. (laughs) I mean, or punish them with a documentary. That's my ultimate that's my solution. Uh, it should have just been uh, a public shaming via documentary for all these people. And then the FBI, uh, we could have taken that FBI money and put it into schools. That would have been a better solution. That's my theory. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, it should have been part of their sentencing to then maybe like donate money to some kind of like um, underprivileged like education fund or something like that. Like you know maybe how, it was. I, maybe you, I don't know about it. Right. You know, like it's like the prison labor that they have to do is like you're a lunch lady <laughs> at a high school or something. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, weren't you that at full been house? Amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your meal. Um, yeah, that's a really good more idea. creative punishments. We just should have gotten more creative. The FBI did not creative enough. Like they're they're such sticklers for rule. Like the thing about like wire fraud. And all these things is like, oh, it's boring rules you broke. I didn't know they cared so much about this kind of barbary. It's more probably the fact that he was getting all these donations to a nonprofit and then use turning around and using it for something else. That's got the money laundering aspect of it, it has to be like the thing they were most interested in. Um also oh, I yeah. love that a dude that did it flipped on him, right? Like there was another guy who's just like, well, um, Hey, I know about something else that you can investigate if you consider me a corroborating witness. So um, I love that that was just kind of like what went down this path. Also, like, yeah, like the the shitty way that he would just be very like, yeah. So when he was like working with the FBI, how he would just try to like get people to be like, so in exchange for the money you gave me, I will yeah. get your child into the college of which you were requesting. And then the other people on their line being like, uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that sends them to jail. Right. Yeah. I know. If I had a kid, I would not go through the, go to these lengths to get them into a, a good school in conclusion. Yeah. I would, Santa I would Monica. not do that. I would, 
Yeah, they they should they could go to Santa Monica College. It's a great it's a great community college. I believe it. I, um, I Pasadena Community College sounds great. I've been on the campus, I think, one time. Seems good. Yeah, Lan, Lan Smith went there. Oh yeah, and then there's those. Yeah. Uh, you know, those Claremont schools look kind of interesting. I kind of like wish I knew more about those when I was younger. Because they're, they're I know. like that whole family of weirdo. I know so many weirdos that came out of those Claremont schools. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, like, I also could have gotten into a better college. I just like, I had no idea what I was doing and I had like no guidance. Like, I just like applied to this pretty good private school in Washington on a whim and I like got in and I was like, oh, should I have tried harder? Um, and then I went to Evergreen, which was fine. Yeah. Uh, it was good. It was good. I, you know, uh, it's great music scene. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I basically <laughs> picked a college based on a music scene, to be honest. I was looking at San Diego or Berkeley, essentially. Yeah. And I didn't get into UCLA. I would have considered you. Oh, really? No, I did not get in. I actually, I did apply to Georgetown just as like kind of like a long shot. Because like I yeah. went to this Catholic school, like and they might just like like that I went to this Catholic school. <laughs> and then I was like, I think I was like, it's kind of like a conditional or like a wait list or something. Like, well, if someone else doesn't want to go, you might get Oh, a, that's, you got wait list? I that's think a big deal, so. Though. It's okay. been a while. I can't remember too much about it. I remember having to go meet this guy, an alumni from this college. And be like, well, what are you interested in? I'm like, well, you know, your, this DC punk scene is very pivotal. <laughs> like, being like, <laughs> like this guy, he's like an insurance salesman or something in Santa Clara. Being like, okay, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if this kid, I'm not going to write a thing for this kid. He's just, he wants to just like, you know, play guitar or something. So yeah. Yeah. I, at Berkeley, I, I, it's hard to picture my life if I hadn't been at Berkeley. Cause I feel like the majority of my, college experience is just like not living in San Jose anymore and <laughs> just like living oh, where yeah. something is, where stuff was going on and totally uh, yeah. I I grew up in LA where stuff was going on but I feel like it had a bad influence on me in a lot of ways I it was good for me to go to Olympia because it's like very you know there's a big like you know riot girls started there there's like a lot of strong a lot of like strong women who live in Olympia and go to Evergreen and like just very punk and like progressive people live there yeah. and in LA and in high school I was like kind of like a shitty little like edge lord who had really <laughs> a really bad point of view and I feel like Olympia helped me to kind of wow. shed some of that oh, oh and I was like oh. yeah I mean I'm really glad I didn't have Twitter when I was in high school or like didn't have I'm so glad documentation of some of my high school zines and stuff, not even stuff that I wrote, but like I, I published stuff for other people in my zine and like in retrospect, I'm like, yikes, what was that? Ugh. I had some bad ideas. I shouldn't even say them out loud. No, well, like we'll save those for <laughs> ads wizard. Uh, Viva, thanks yeah. for coming on and talking about this weird thing. I, would you tell people to watch this or no? I feel like we kind of just explained it all to them. I would tell them to maybe just like Google what happened with the scandal and don't bother watching the documentary. Yeah. Maybe just like uh, w watch American movie instead. Definitely watch American movie and, and home movie if you can find it. Yeah, I would also say we kind of saved you some uh, effort by watching this for you. And uh, in conclusion, uh, we want free education for everyone and, uh, you know, Lori Laughlin would be a great lunch lady. That's my other summation from that. Um, Aviva, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Livin' La Viva Loca on Twitter. Um, and you can listen to the Ad Wizards podcast on Apple or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever, pretty much wherever you want. Yeah, except Pandora yet. Have you done that? Except you gotta, Pandora. You got you to send it in. To send it in. I sent okay. it. They have not accepted me yet. You know what? <laughs> I have a side door. Oh, shit. Oh. Oh, okay. There's a side door deal. <laughs> if you want to get it. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. About, I think there might be someone recording this conversation. Uh, yeah, Ads Wizard looks great. <laughs> uh, I, I look forward to hearing more about Ads Wizard. And we do talkies uh, on first and third Fridays on Zoom. And that's like a super fun show that's been going on 
for nigh on a decade now. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. That's what that's been our grad school doing talkies. <laughs> that's been my grad school. Um, thanks a lot, Aviva. <laughs> and thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about SupDoc at SupDocPodcast.com, recapping reality since 2015. Our theme song was written by David Siegel and our show was engineered by Will Scoville. Our associate producer is Nick Colsis. Please donate to the show through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash SupDocPodcast. If you want to help us in other ways, please share the show with a friend. Join the Doc Talk and check out our hot takes, pictures, and videos on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're SubDoc Podcast on all of those platforms. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can find Paco and George's comedy gigs when those are happening again on the About Us page on the site. And SubDoc is by Doc fans for Doc fans. So if you want to advertise, got a film or opinions you want to share, just hit us up. We'd love to hear from you and what you're docking out on. Email us at subduckpodcast at gmail.com.